You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking about turning curses into blessing. It's a very, very common theme in Scripture. We've covered 15 incidents like this in the Old Testament. Now we're digging into the New And we found yesterday that all of this was made possible by the substitutionary death of Christ, where he was actually made a curse for us. And we're going to read that again today in Galatians 3. But before I do, I want to go to the text. This is a scripture I hope you'll commit to memory. Nehemiah 13.2. It's an easy one to remember. How be it, our God turned the curse into a blessing. And that's very typical of how he works. The Apostle Paul presents this blessing-curse concept in the book of Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. This is something that I learned within the first three to four months of my walk with Christ. I'm so grateful that I learned this. It affected me ever since. Uh, It says this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, a casual reader would think, okay, that means uh, when Adam and Eve sinned, there was a curse there. That's not the curse of the law. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The curse of the law is not to be confused with the curse of the fall. Now, Christ did redeem us from both. But in this particular passage, it is the curse of the law, and it's found in Deuteronomy 28. And it begins at verse 15, and it continues to verse 68 in that chapter, 54 verses of curses, and they are heartbreaking. And you can see that, uh, for instance, in 70 AD, when the city of Jerusalem was conquered uh, the second time and and, the temple was destroyed and the people were treated horribly, their children were taken into slavery, and Josephus, I think, said that uh, half a million Jewish men were crucified. Terrible, terrible suffering here. Um, This is the fullness of the curse of the law. It's described In Deuteronomy, the scattering to the nations, that's described in Deuteronomy in these 54 verses of curses. Interestingly, uh, 54 uh, is the product of nine, which is the number of judgment and finality. Nine times uh, anything in Scripture, it's always associated with uh, the end. And uh, six is the number of a man. So nine times six is judgment upon a man without God. Uh, So that's what you see in these 54 verses. These curses were to fall on anyone who failed to keep the whole law. Now that's pretty severe, isn't it? Uh, Anyone who did not keep the whole of the law would fall under these curses. What God was doing with the law was not trying to save people through it. Uh, The Bible says, By the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. The whole purpose of the law was to make man to see you can't keep all of these things and you are unrighteous, but I have provided you a substitute. The whole purpose of the law was really to point people to the substitute and to let them know you couldn't keep it all. And anybody who thought they could was lying to himself. 
God wanted to show mankind that no one could possibly keep it all. But there was one who did, and that was Christ. He kept it all so that he could fulfill it and bring about a better covenant, a new and a better covenant, according to Hebrews 8. In Hebrews 4.15, the Scripture talks about Jesus doing this substitutionary work. And it says this, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, and yet without sin. Had Christ been sinful he would have disqualified himself for the substitutionary death, meaning he had to be sinless. So how is it he's tempted in all points like we are? Well, first of all, there's an unusual phrase when the Scriptures talk about the temptation of Jesus. It says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He tells us, Pray that you enter not to temptation. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yet, in Matthew 4, when it begins the story of the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, it tells us that the Spirit led him there. In James chapter 1, James being the half-brother of Jesus and uh, uh, great authority on this subject, he said this, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. Now, if Jesus had a full human nature like we sinners did. He would not have had to be tempted or led by the Holy Spirit into temptation. His lust could have drawn him away. But Christ didn't have any lust in his flesh. So he had to be led by the Spirit to this place in the wilderness where he was alone and away from all help. He had to fast and become extremely weak over a 40-day period so he could be tempted in every possible way. There are three classes of temptation. There is the lust of the flesh. That's command these stones to be made bread because Jesus was hungry. There is the lust of the eyes. All these kingdoms you see in the world and all their glory and splendor, I'll give it to you, said the devil, if you'll fall down and worship me. And then there's the pride of life. If you are the Son of God, cast yourself off this pinnacle of the temple and let the angels catch you. Those are the three temptations, and they were the most extreme temptations that anyone could be tempted with in either of those three categories, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and uh, the pride of life. Christ turned all three of them down. From the book of Deuteronomy, he quoted scriptures in all three instances and rebuked Satan and stopped the temptation. But he was our faithful high priest. So let's uh, read it again. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Now, Christ had to be sinless. 
And he had to be sinless not only in his spirit, which we know because he is the Son of God, but Christ had to have a sinless body and a deathless body. Now, a lot of people believe that Jesus was subject to sickness and disease like all the rest of us, and that can't be the case. The Passover lamb, who is the picture of Jesus coming to be our substitute, had to be a perfect lamb of the first year without blemish. This is If he was old and sickly, he could not be a picture of the Messiah. Jesus did not have any sin in him anywhere, not in his spirit certainly, but certainly not in his flesh either, meaning that he was totally freed from death. He became obedient to death. He said, I've received this command of my father that I lay down my life. He didn't have to lay it down, but he said, if I lay it down, I will pick it up again. So he surrendered to death. Had he not gone to the cross, he would have continued to live. Jesus didn't have any cause of death in him because he had never sinned. That's why he had to be born of a virgin. The sin in our flesh that causes us to be mortal or subject to death, that is passed to us from the seed of our fathers. doesn't come through the mother. It comes from the fathers. That's why Jesus was born of a virgin birth. So he was not subject to death. Listen to 1 Corinthians 15, 56. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Now, the sting of death is sin. In other words, thing, mortal death, physical death is a stinger. And it is brought about because of sin. The strength of death is sin. So the scripture makes it very clear that Christ never sinned. If he never sinned, then there was no death in him. He was not obligated to die. Here's another passage, Romans 5.12. Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. In other words, death passed on all people because all people sinned. All people were born with this in them. Jesus didn't have that. Death came through the man. Now that we are in Christ, we are freed from that curse of the law. And we are blessed with Abraham's blessings. And the greatest possible blessing is to be filled with God's Holy Spirit. Galatians 3, 29, And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise uh, Galatians 3, 13, 14, that you might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And so what I want you to understand from all of this is that our Savior became a curse for us so that we do not have to be cursed. In fact, the Scripture says in Leviticus that if you're hanged on a tree, you're cursed of God. That's why Jesus had to die on the tree. That's why I couldn't be stoned. That's why I couldn't be uh, not killed in any other way. The, the devil tried to kill him over a dozen different times. If you read through and just start marking down the places in the four Gospels where a storm or a group of people or a demon-possessed person with superhuman strength came against Jesus, when you read about all of these things, or in the temple when they were going to take him and he hid himself and walked out through the midst, you'll see a dozen or more times where uh, Satan tried to kill him. He could not have died that way to redeem us. The only death that fit the prophecy was to be hung on a cross. 
What would it have been like to know that? And the things that Jesus did had to be revealed to him. He learned all of these things through the scriptures, and that's very clear. John 19 says so, that every detail of his crucifixion was something that he had seen in the scriptures. That's why he said, I thirst, so that they would one more time put the sponge with vinegar up or sour wine up to his mouth so that he could drink it because he'd refused it up until that point. But the scriptures said he would drink it. And so he knew that that had to be fulfilled, and here he is, stickler for the letter of everything. I'm going to do it all. He says, I thirst, and then they put the sponge up to him. Then he hung his head and gave up the ghost. So this is fascinating how our Lord was so willing to surrender to this, knowing that he would be made a curse for us so that we could be redeemed. Man, doesn't it make you love and appreciate Jesus? Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through faith, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Galatians 3, 13, 14. I pray you'll remember that verse. It's all the time I have for today. I'll see you tomorrow. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below are going to MyFaithRoots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.